Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine fanatics who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, we introduce you to a prominent woman and take a peek into her life and, of course, her favorite wines. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandreau, and I'm talking with Kendall Hoxie Onesco, who is featured in Wine Country Women of Napa Valley. Kendall, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. Absolutely. Thank you, Michelle. This is so much fun. I have not been inside this building for a few years now, so mm-hmm. we're actually talking to you at, at your family's business. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it, it's been here since 1877, and but my family personally hasn't owned it since 1993. So. Yeah, we're going to talk about all of that in, in a few minutes, but I love you gave people a sneak peek of, of what's to come mm-hmm. because your family is very rich in history here in the Napa Valley. But before we talk about Napa Wine Company, mm-hmm. tell us, what was one of your first professional jobs or one of your first jobs? Well, my first job at 15 was I worked for the French Laundry and I buffed silverware, glasses, and I served the coffee and tea. Wow. <laughs> yeah, quite a job for a 15-year-old. <laughs> did you know how special the French Laundry was at the time? I don't think I did, but it was an amazing experience because the sommeliers and the head waiters trained me in understanding glassware, how that you know functioned with um, Bordeaux glasses, Burgundy glasses, so on and so forth, and then just the whole element of service um, was an amazing opportunity to be so young and take it with me throughout my life. And your first job here at your family's business, do you remember that? (laughs) (laughs) Right after college, I um, came home and I worked in the compliance department. So I did production compliance. So uh, luckily I didn't have to do all the state compliance, shipping. Yeah, Yeah, that's a that's not a fun part of the job at all, no. of the wine industry. <laughs> no. And your position has evolved over the years. It has. So currently I'm the business manager for our vineyard business as well as for Napa Wine Company, the custom crush side. What would you say was the turning point in your career? I think it was 2013 was when um, I had just finished my MBA from Sonoma State. And then I had just met my husband, but well boyfriend at the time, husband-to-be, but I was thinking about going to the wine industry either in South Africa or Germany. So I was all set to finish my MBA and ready to find a new career. And then all of a sudden some changes happened and my dad said, I'd like you to take on this role and I'd like you to, um, you know, take it to another level. So that's the turning point for me. And so you came back to the family business. Mm -hmm. What's the most challenging part of your job? I think because I never know what's going to come up that day, whether it'll be something with the government, something with the winery or employee, it's every day is a different challenge. For the listeners who don't know what Napa Wine Company is, can you explain it to them? Yes. So uh, we're one of the first custom crushes um, in California. And so what we do is we will help a customer either from the time that they bring in their grapes or um, and all the way through the whole fermentation process to the time of bottling. Um, so they can also have their O2 license here, or they can just use our facility to say if they have excess grapes and they just need to crush and um, settle and they can take it onto their own property then. So tell people what is an O2 license? So an O2 license is when you, are, um, you have the right to sell direct to consumers. 
Um, the seventeen twenty is just the typical on or off premise wine, so you can sell a distributor. Things so like you're that. getting geeky on us. <laughs> yes, I, I'm, I'm bringing in my compliance heritage. <laughs> so, how many different wine brands or accounts do you have here? We have 25 um, O2 licenses. In addition to, we'll have a range of 30 to 50 uh, bottling or fermentation clients or barrel aging clients. Okay. We'll call them custom crush clients. Any mentors? Well, there's so many. I mean, I've been very lucky. I grew up with um, John and Julie, Julie Williams at the time, Julie Johnson, her children. And so watching Julie, um, she was amazing to watch and how she spread her wings and started Trace Sabores. And I'd say even my Aunt Marilyn, what she did with Paradigm, and then meeting all the different uh, women winemakers um, that I've met throughout the years, Allison Duran Green, Ann Vodder. It's, it's just been great. So are they, do they continue to mentor you today, or have they mentored you in the past? I'd say when I first came home from college and was trying to figure out where I fit in in the family business, they did mentor me. They still will pass on little things of now now that I'm a mother, how do how do I manage being an executive as well as a mom, wife, and all those different roles you have to play. Right, juggling them yes. all and finding a balance, which we will talk about mm-hmm. later. <laughs> we'll see what words of wisdom they provided. Yes. What drives you in your career? Well, Napa number one, as everyone knows, is such a special place, but. I w- my degree um, from uh, Dickinson College, my undergrad was history, so I loved learning anything I could, and I love learning from the past, and how can we take those lessons and apply them. So to be a fifth generation grape grower, um, what did we used to do? Well, how can we still continue some certain traditions, but how can we learn from what all of the science and knowledge that we have today? So that's kind of what drives me. And continuing a family tradition is, is fantastic. And now you have a little one that can carry, carry it on. We hope so. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little early to tell. Yeah. What's some of the best advice you've received other than the work-life balance? I would say that you just don't even go in with... So, so for instance, I work in the vineyards a lot of times, and that's predominantly all male. And the thing that um, somebody once told me was, don't even go there thinking that I'm with all men. Just go in there thinking I'm Kendall, that's Jim, that's Jose, so on and so forth. And that has been the best piece of advice because then you don't create any obstacles in your mind. And I've really never had any issues. They talk to me like I'm a man. They'll tell me the same stories. They'll laugh with me or they'll explain to me this happened, you know, um, or, or come to me with an issue and Kendall, we need your help. Good advice. I think I think that's important, especially in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll just leave it at we'll leave it at that for right now. Walk us through what your day looks like, at least an average day. And I know <laughs> you said every day is different, but give us an idea of of what your life is like, mm-hmm. minus your home life, (laughs) your life here at the office. So typically, uh, nowadays I get in at eight. I used to get in a little bit earlier, but, um, I'll get in and start my email and just kind of go through what I have to do. And then depending on if it's a board meeting day or let's say we're working on use permit updates or Caltrans, (laughs) I know I'm getting very dull here, but it's just more of what, what are the bigger issues of the day. Um, Maybe it's something of we're working on a tasting room update with our wine club 
and my sister comes to me. So I've got my sister, my dad, so it, it always changes. <laughs> okay. But you did hit on point. You do have some brands of your own. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about those brands. We have Ghost Block, which is our most well-known brand, um, Oakville Winery, and Elizabeth Rose, which I'll plug my husband. He's our winemaker for that yeah. wine. <laughs> And it's the wine that's featured in our book. Mm-hmm. It is. Well. So, so the Elizabeth Rose Pinot Noir. Yep. Yes. And then actually all three of those brands are made um, by different um, personnel in the production office. So Christy Coford, our director of winemaking, will make Ghost Block. Lynn Watanabe, who has been our lab manager for a while, makes the Oakville Winery. And then Jeff Onesco. And what are the productions of each of those? They'll range between 4,000 to 5,000 cases each. Oh, nice. Yeah, That's so a good growing. good size. Yeah, and, and my sister's the director of sales and marketing now, so she's just doing a bang-up job. Super. And if people want to get their hands on some of those wines, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, so our new website is ghostblockfamilyestatewines.com. Um, so, so you can go on there and you can find all those wines, and um, they'll list some special ones that we don't put into, into distribution either. Well, that's awesome. So everybody, you just got a top secret tip. <laughs> Curious, what do you hope to achieve next year this time with the business? I hope to have more things streamlined. I'm, I'm very intrigued with how, um, especially now looking at what my dad did at this point when he was my age and how he followed, um, David Allen was his name, getting things done, so GTD. So I'm always trying to see what can you, what can I fit into those hours of the workday and how can I streamline certain things, but also how can I look at things that they always say a 50,000 foot level. So how can I achieve those goals uh, along with just answering simple emails, which can kind of bog you down certain days. So I want to make sure that I achieve the bigger goals as well as not just constantly having to toil through the emails. The day-to-day. Yeah. Right. Look at the big picture. Exactly. But maintain the Mm day-to-day. That is challenging, Mm -hmm. for sure. Educate the the listener on your family's history. Okay. Uh, You mentioned that you're fifth generation. Mm -hmm. You own a lot of land in the valley. Yes. So um, my great-great-grandfather, Giuseppe Palissa, came uh, from from Liguria, um, Italy, and unfortunately, he passed when my great-grandfather was only 18. So, um, you know, he had purchased some land um, in Calistoga, actually, with a, at that point, I think they had a $10 gold coin. Oh, my goodness. Um, I wish we still ha- had an example of what that would have been like. Absolutely. And that we um, could buy land for a oh, $10. $10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, those days are long gone. <laughs> so... So he had that piece of land, but then so my great-grandfather took over the farm when he was 18 years old. And can you imagine being the head of your family and making sure there was food on the table at 18 years old? No, that responsibility, huge. Is amazing. And Napa Valley at that point wasn't the monoculture of grapevines that we know it is. There were We had um, orchards of apples, pears. Um, I think we had prunes. We had tomatoes. So farming really was everything that we did. And for my family, so Pop, as we called him, Andrew Palissa, who coincidentally also was on the planning commission at the point when we created the Ag Preserve in 68. So Pop, even though there's not too many people around that remember him, he did a lot for the Valley. Um, And he sold all the seven wineries before there was the explosion of of wineries. Right. Post-66. 
Um, and then he brought my dad on um, to that point. So at this point, we farm today about 600 acres. Um, and then we'll also have the Yonville Hills where we'll have all the cattle roaming. And that's just mainly for fire prevention. But we at one point did um, have a cattle operation. Oh, my well. goodness. So, so we had our hands in a lot of different um, pots of those days. So when did you get rid of the cattle? I have to ask. <laughs> oh, we, we still have it. Oh, but, you do. But we'll we'll sell occasionally if they've we've had too many calves. Right. But um, yeah, it's it's just something people know now. If they're visiting the town, the um, concierge at the hotels will just say, "Take a walk down Yachtmill Road and see the cattle." Do you use them for any purpose? Not really. No? They're just keeping... They just hang around? Well, and I mean, luckily with all the fires that we had, they right. were fire prevention, so right. they'll, they'll cut down all the old brush. But yeah, they're just, just something to enjoy. So they're not milk cows. They don't become beef. No. No? N- not for us. But no, they also. just help help keep the, um, the ground... Mm-hmm. safe yeah from fire and we will um we will actually um slaughter three a year just for um the uh, vineyard workers so um, all the migrant workers that we get well that's what they're put on the earth for right yes. 600 acres yes um so we'll grow about 15 different varietals um and they'll range from sauvignon blanc all the way to cabernet since napa's cab is king so is all 600 planted yes wow um, and then the 400 will be the open hills. Okay, amazing. Well, that's that's great history, and I think people would be surprised to hear that, and that's mm-hmm. a wonderful story yeah. of your family's legacy and life here and how much you've contributed to what Napa Valley is today. Want more on today's interview? Purchase Wine Country Women of Napa Valley It's available on our website at winecountrywomen.com. Let's talk about your personal life now. You ready? Yes. (laughs) Okay. So you are, I like to say that you're still a newlywed, um, even though you're what, two or three? No, it's going to be five years. Five. Oh, my goodness. So she's been married five years. Um, and now you have a new little one mm-hmm. who's six, seven months old. Seven month old. Lizzie. Lizzie. Before we talk about your life today, is it accurate to say that you grew up in the Napa Valley? Mm-hmm. I, I was born um, in Yonville and uh, grew up there in the same house. So my parents moved in six weeks after I was born. Oh, wow. Um, And that house has an amazing story, too. It was built in um, 1924 by Mrs. Spraja, who we believe um, also was a bootlegger from San Francisco, because when they were renovating it in 86, they found um, secret compartments and everything like that. Do your parents still live in the house? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Have they found any other secrets since they've lived there (laughs) not since that first renovation no hidden treasures on the land (laughs) no 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 old um bootleggers gin or anything like that no oh shucks but still a great story Mm -hmm. it's a cool house so you grew up in yachtville but you went to school outside of the area the immediate area um well i went to saint apollinaris for elementary school and then i went to boarding school um in monterey to santa catalina okay and then college and college was dickinson college in carlisle pennsylvania Um, far away yes (laughs) how did you choose that college (laughs) 
I'm curious well, because I know you went to Sonoma State then, but mm-hmm. how did you pick the the college that you did? Um, well, they encouraged, it was an all girls high school, so they were encouraging the girls to go outside of California. And we had a lot of international students. So Mexico City, Hong Kong, Macau, Jakarta. So they always gave us a just a gr- bigger view of the world and reminded us that even though California is a beautiful state, there is a lot more to the world than California. And so um, 50% of the graduating class would typically go to the East Coast for college. Um, a few would actually go to Europe. Uh, so that was a wonderful opportunity, and especially for getting a degree in history, what better place? Absolutely. The Northeast mm-hmm. has all the history. It does. Um, you walk down the street and you'll see a sign of George Washington walked here. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Right. Fascinating. You, you grew up in... Um, in the Napa Valley, you went away to school, you did go to Sonoma State Mm -hmm. to get some wine education. Well, that was the beginning of their um, wine um, MBA. So um, now that they've gotten their Wine Spectator building, Mm -hmm. so they're one of the only um, wine specialty for um, an MBA in the whole U.S. Oh, wow. That Um, I did not know. Yeah, so it's a very unique program. um, And they're doing internships, or exchanges rather, with um, Burgundy, as well as Adelaide, and even now um, Shanghai. So I think because of the Wine Spectator because partnership, of the, because of the wine studies, and to get your MBA in wine business, okay, um, is a big deal. And so that's what Sonoma State is is choosing to focus on. Whereas they're letting Davis, Cal Poly, mm-hmm. Fresno focus on viticulture Enology. and enology. Right. You met your husband. Mm-hmm. Where did you meet him? <laughs> e Harmony. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> um, did he live in the Napa Valley at the time? He did. He was working for Cake Bread. Okay. Yeah. So, and and did you know who he was before you met him? I did not. You did not. So you've been married five years. You got little Lizzie. Mm-hmm. What is life like for you today? <laughs> Personally, living, living every day. <laughs> um, it's it's great. She's at this fun age now where she's just about to crawl, and we feel so lucky. She's just a happy little soul. So she, so we come home from work, and she just lights up. And, and we feel really lucky. So it's not hectic? Oh, it's hectic, but, <laughs> but, but we're enjoying. Um, it's our first and, and that new parent, and we're just finding our, our groove right now. <laughs> Very fun. Well, you know, being a first-time mother, I just imagine it's all just exciting to see what's, what's next. What is she going to do next? You know, when is, has she had her first words? No, she definitely is um, trying to speak, though. She's making all sorts of mm, duh, with her lips. So. so everybody's on the edge of their seat wondering what is the first word going to be? We have a bet going that it's dada. No, <laughs> mama. <laughs> but she is the first um, of the sixth generation as well as uh, first grandchild. So she's getting plenty of attention. Oh, I'll bet she is. Your home here in the valley, mm-hmm. um, describe it to us. If we took a step inside your home, what would we see? What's your decorating style? What what colors do you like? Well, so we just went through a renovation actually while I was pregnant, so that was oh so fun uh, of a kitchen renovation. But so that's one thing we love to do is, is cook. Um, so we got a brand new kitchen, we put a Viking stove in, um, so top line, all that stuff. And we changed the color to what we call, it's called peach fuzz. So oh. it's kind of a more light, airy Italian color. Mm-hmm. And then we have these, um, they look more like a, something from a ranch house, but leather couches. Um, and so it's got that kind of just easygoing vibe. But then um, Jeff, who studied for five years in Germany too, 
we built in this little nook of what, what you've seen in a lot of Bavarian homes where the, the um, table and the bench are built into the wall. So we just made that kind of our dining table. And you can fit 10 people there. So oh, wow. it made a great use of space. Because my house is a 1950s farmhouse style. So a lot of things they did don't quite make sense. But we're, we're making it work for us. <laughs> well, that's good. So a little bit, you brought a little bit of Italy into your home. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like, at least. Trying. <laughs> is there a hobby or something that people might be surprised to learn about you? Both of us um, have gone to um, Gunsight, which is a um, handgun training course. And so we did it for five days straight. So we, we love it, actually. So we like outdoor sports like that. And they trained you in everything. So you did night shoots. And so we, we like doing those kind of things together. Don't be an intruder in your house. No. <laughs> <laughs> Most meaningful trip you've taken? I know you've traveled quite a few places. Um, I would say it'd have to be that South Africa first time I ever went. I never expected to love South Africa like I did. And what, what was it about that trip? To think of such a continent so far away, but especially we were in Cape Town, and to feel like you were home, actually. Um, I think that's something that a lot of people in the U.S. forget, that you have to go to different places, and and you'll see connections, and you'll see why um, people from the, you know, when we were, we were all immigrants once, we were all immigrants coming, and, you know, why they named certain places this name, or why we do things, and you'll just realize it all has a connection to other places that your family members were once. Okay, we're in the Napa Valley. <laughs> yes. You have three wine brands. Mm-hmm. Other than those three wine brands, what do you drink at home? Um, well, because also I'll, we'll sell 80% of our grapes um, to different clients, so I'm lucky enough to be gifted some lovely wines. Um, I love Huneus's Sauvignon Blanc. That is fantastic. I love, oh, I suppose their other one, Leviathan from Huneus is a great one. And Steve Mathiason um, has done some really cool things uh, with our flora grape. And then other people that we don't sell our, our grapes to is I do like Bialy. I love Yates, both family wineries. So you like wine. Mm-hmm. You're definitely drinking wine. Definitely drinking wine. Yes. I'm right there with you. Tell us about a most challenging time in your life. I graduated college in 2008, and that was right at the downturn. So what do you do? And I think it was an interesting time also to be a young woman and finding the connection to what, you know, helping my family out, but then keeping my passions and finding how I fit fit in to the whole part of, of the family business that way. But you found it. I did. Well, I'd like to wrap things up with what I like to call five quick questions. Okay. The idea is not to give it too much thought. Okay, rapid fire. <laughs> yeah, that's the intent. Okay. <laughs> Ready? Yeah. Uh, what is the last piece of candy you ate? Uh, Woodhouse chocolates. If you could fix one thing about the world, what would it be? <laughs> People being too easily insulted. What kind of car do you drive? I drive a Ford Edge. What designer brand do you like? Oh, I love Burberry. And who is your favorite singer? Hmm. 
Well, I guess I would have to go with Adele. Kendall, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. Thank you. It's been fun. Thank you for tuning in to listen and learn about the women featured in our lifestyle books and involved in our business. Share these episodes on your social media platforms so more people can learn about Wine Country Women. Visit our website at winecountrywomen.com to join our list and be the first to learn about exclusive offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new episode of Wine Country Women.